Game Chat Report, episode 115, Zelda Walks the DLC Path. Chat with Buona, your weekly source for gaming news and topics. And now here's your host, me, Buona McCall. Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 115 of Game Chat with One. We got a great show lined up for you. Five stories to talk about, and uh, I'm recording this show a little bit, uh, a little bit late today uh, in the day. So I hope you all can forgive me for that. Um, I've been uh, been struggling with my sleep timers. Uh, I've been streaming on twitch.tv slash Buona and it's been like late hours. Like I've been I've been napping during the day and I've kind of turned into a night owl, a night owl, if you will. <laughs> so it's, it's just one of those things, man. I'm like sleeping, waking up at like four or five in the afternoon and going to bed when the sun comes up. So it's hopefully I can flip flop that. But as a result, I'm recording this offline. Uh, I'm not going to stream this. And when I'm done with uh, producing this and giving it to you guys on SoundCloud.com slash TV and on YouTube.com slash when you guys get it there, we'll go live on our Twitch channel and have some fun. I just recently had a great event with the uh, developers of the game called Drop Zone, and uh, that was a sponsored event from them. So I, I streamed that game, and uh, that, that occurred on yesterday, and I'm also going to be streaming it again on um, Monday, another sponsored stream. Well, not Monday. <laughs> on the 15th which is wednesday Ooh, what day is it i don't know it's time for game chat one we got a great show lined up for you guys check it out coming at you right now and for our first story we're going to talk about activision blizzard which just reported that they're making or they've made the last uh the last year uh, record-breaking $6.6 billion. This is our net revenue in 2016. So that's just insanely crazy. Uh, it's not the entire reason why I'm talking about this story, though. The the, the thing I'm talking about now is it, it's, it's kind of ironic that they still had layoffs. Now, it's, it's kind of odd for me, at least, in my limited experience on planet Earth, to hear about a company, a gaming company or any company out there, that has a record-breaking year but still manages to come up with a reason to lay off 5% of their staff. This is nuts. This story is coming by PSU.com. says Activision Blizzard stated in an earnings call that the company made roughly $6.6 billion in net revenue in 2016. That is already a huge amount, but it's even more impressive when you take into consideration that that number is 42% increase over 2015's $4.6 billion. That's a 42... It's almost... It's, it's crazy. But anyway, despite a record-breaking year in net revenue from the parent company, Activision Blizzard, the Activision Publishing Division, this is the publishing division, this may explain it, is laying off roughly 5% of its employees across multiple studios. Specifically, it appears that the staff were let go in Infinity Ward, Binox, and a few other studios. It came a week after rumors among Activision staff and came about along with the company's earning call yesterday. Having been a victim of layoffs, I can tell you sometimes the reasonings are, are baffling. Uh, usually they go on record to say they're, they're going to realign the resources to meet their goals and such and such, blah, blah, blah. But when you have a record-setting year, 42% better than the previous year, there's got to be a reason to move those people somewhere else or just keep them there. Um, but apparently 
Activision Blizzard was like, nope, we need to lay off staff 5%. Uh, pretty, pretty substantial. Per according to reports, Blizzard and MLG were not affected, but it did affect some other studios under Activision Blizzard. Running a big company is complicated, but I don't know about this one, guys. Check it out. Over on PSU.com, they got the details. Activision Blizzard, 42% increase over 2015, $6.6 .6 billion in revenue, but still had a 5% staff layoff. Very, very odd. And for our next story, we're going to talk about Forza, which is the popular racer from Microsoft. They had a billion-dollar success story, according to Engadget.com. They've sold over 2.5 million copies in a couple of months, uh, Forza Horizon 3. And they revealed that the flagship racing franchise has now made over a billion dollars at retail. This is coming by way of a franchise, I mean, that, you know, got a lot of, got a lot of uh, ridicule when it first came out because on the consoles... Everybody was all about Gran Turismo for many, many years, and Microsoft needed an answer to that. And uh, Microsoft really put a lot of time and effort into Forza, and now it's kind of like the forerunner. Uh, we don't, we don't really get a lot of these big numbers from Gran Turismos anymore. We get these big numbers from Forza, and Forza seems to have a lot more releases now. Don't hear much about Gran Turismo. I mean, there's other games out there like. This article mentions on, on Engadget.com about Project Cars and uh, a lot more racing simulators that are on PC as well. Uh, Set so of Corsa, um, you know, I, I'll mention Grid and, and, you know, some of the other arcadey ones. But, you know, Forza is kind of at the top of their game on the console platform. Uh, and I know some Sony, some Sony fans out there aren't going to like this, but again... Gran Turismo is, is, you know, they release a game every 10 years, it seems. Uh, we're getting new forces every couple of years. And that, I guess that that's a testament to all these sales. 2.5 million in a couple of months. Um, and it's a nine game racing franchise. And if you compare that to Gran Turismo, I don't think Gran Turismo has uh, that many, even if you include the side ones. I think it's got six, right? So, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a good thing. Congratulations to Microsoft. This is a good comeback story. Again, uh, when I was coming up, you know, when I was really using a lot of consoles, I was all about Gran Turismo. But I really haven't played many Forza. Um, I, I was tempted when they came out with the Forza that ran on PC recently. But I resisted. I didn't buy it. Um, I've kind of grown out of racing games. I kind of like truck sims now. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting old. But I like truck sims more than I like racing games. But I, I, I you know, I, I played a little bit of uh, Seta Corsa and uh, what was the other one? I played Project Cars. I played Project Cars as well. So I dabble a little bit. But man, Forza, congratulations. 2.5 million copies in a couple of months and made over a billion dollars of retail. Check the story out, guys. Over in the gadget.com to get the details. Forza is a billion dollar success story for Microsoft. And for our next story, we're going to talk about Zelda, the new Zelda game coming from Nintendo uh, on the Nintendo Switch. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a hot topic. A lot of people are looking forward to it. That's it's the sole reason why a lot of people are buying the Nintendo Switch. Uh, personally, I'm not going to get it, but I know a lot of people are. Uh, some news broke that the next Zelda game is going to have DLC, a $20 DLC season pass. Wow, Nintendo. Who are you? I don't recognize you anymore. This is coming by way of Engadget. I have, I mean, and, and uh, I'm not going to say ever because, you know, probably not true, but there hasn't been that many Zelda games that have DLC. 
Uh, DLC and Nintendo usually aren't synonymous. Uh, I think that's why a lot of fans adore them because when you buy a title from Nintendo, you what you see is what you get. There's not a lot of stuff to buy afterwards, but apparently there's going to be some uh, apparently there's going to be some additional content. Um, yeah, so this is what's going to be included. It says, uh, according to this article, um, you can expect extra chests and clothing right from the start. Okay, with the season pass, pack one will add a new cave of trials and a hard difficulty setting as well as an intriguing additional map feature. Pack two will add not only a new original story, but also a new dungeon and additional challenges, whatever they'll be. The extra DLC sounds far meatier than just some new skins and level packs, according to this article. Again, this is unlike Nintendo, man. Um, they've been quoted as saying, uh, with this new expansion pass, we hope that fans will play, explore, and enjoy the game even more. Hmm. Wow. I can't remember the last time I've seen a Zelda with DLC. I mean, I think the article mentions that Triforce Heroes had extra content after launch, but man, I'm shocked. I didn't I didn't expect this. I mean, maybe it was pre-announced some other time, maybe it's old news, but uh I for one didn't know about it. I'm genuinely shocked, guys. It's, it's, it's one of these stories where you just don't expect it. Along with the fact that, you know, Nintendo's charging so much for their peripherals, their accessories, I mean, on top of the price of the Switch, if you're going to get Zelda, you're probably going to get this expansion. I don't think there's going to be many people out there that say, no, I'll pass. I think if they're going to splurge for the Switch and they're going to splurge for Zelda, you might want to budget an additional $30. <laughs> you might want to budget an additional $30. Check it out, guys. And Gadget has the details. The Breath of the Wild $20 DLC pass. Are you going to buy it? Probably, if you're going to buy Zelda. If not, hmm, will this sway your decision one way or the other? We'll see. And for our next story, we're going to talk about Path of Exile. Path of Exile has made a huge announcement about their upcoming content. And it's going to be entitled The Fall of Oriath Expansion. Uh, there's also a lot of other news associated with it, with this. So this might take a little bit to explain. But it's exciting news for those of you who are fans of Path of Exile. Uh, the Fall of Oriath expansion is going to include a new act, Act 5, which was uh, kind of no news. Everybody knew a new act was coming. Um, so the uh, this article is over on PCGamesEnd.com. It says, so you've massacred the demonic festering horrors of Rayclass a few too many times over and are sat twiddling your thumbs wondering what or who is left to plunge your axe into next. How about the people who exiled you to Rayclass in the first place? The Fall of Oriath lets you get your revenge on the civilization that casts you out, including the gods themselves. So that's the that's the premise for Act 5. But a surprising uh, thing is that, and when you watch the trailer, you'll see this, is that there are actually five new acts coming on top of that. Five, five new acts are coming on top of that. Act 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. But they're not completely new acts. They are essentially reworking the existing acts with new NPCs, art styles, quests, bosses, and layouts. So essentially what's happening is that they're producing content that you would normally have to repeat. Because in the past, you would go normal, cruel, and then um, merciless difficulties of the same act. So now instead of doing that in your progression, you'll be doing act six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 
which are going to be those same um, those those same acts in terms of tile sets, but they're going to have new bosses and new art and new mobs and new things. So it's going to feel completely refreshed. So it's actually going to feel like a, a total progression all the way up to maps. Because in the past, you would have to repeat normal. You have to do normal, cruel, and go to Merciless, and then get to a certain part and grind until you can get to the end game system. And they have a nice graph over here on uh, PCGamesN.com, which shows what the old structure was like. Acts 1 through 4, you would repeat three times before you get to the end game. But now you're just going to do Acts 1 through 10. And by the time you're done with Act 10, you'll be at the end game. This, this, I think this is going to attract some people to come back to the game. Because I did remember hearing complaints that people, they didn't like repeating content. They didn't like the, that they had to go through the same acts again on Cruel and the same acts again on Merciless. Uh, so by remixing them and making them a little bit more refreshing, that might help people out. Now, I'm not done. On top of this, they're going to have a new league called the Legacy League. And this is going to be coming out actually very soon on March 3rd. This is going to be independent of the Fall of Oriath. But the Legacy League is going to be a special league, which is going to allow you to choose three of the previous challenge leagues. So if you've liked some of the previous leagues that were happening in Path of Exile, in this new league, you can choose three of the bonuses or effects and drops from these uh, from these previous leagues and, uh, you know, be able to participate in that. And that's going to be actually kind of cool. I've never seen anything like this in this article. I don't see anything about it, but I assume that they're going to all be since it's a league that there's going to be their own ladder as well. And I wonder if there's going to be like an ideal or an optimized choice because, you know, people in Path of Exile, like the min max, like, oh, you should choose this league, that league and this league if you want to be in a top 10. Nah. Um, so that's cool. That's coming March 3rd. That's going to be an interesting thing. And finally, there's going to be a new Pantheon system. So in essence, you're going to uh, be able to customize your character uh, by adding new defenses. There's going to be 16 abilities, four major and 12 minor. And you'll be able to head back to town and change those as you see fit based on the challenges you're about to face. For example, if you kill Glace, in addition to earning Soul of the Brian King, you'll unlock a 50% reduction in chill effects on your characters. And other people, if you slay Asphyxia, you'll gain a 5% reduction towards cold damage, etc. So as you slay these bosses, these pantheons, you'll get some defensive bonuses. Uh, so they won't come into effect until you defeat the beast in Act 4, though. Uh, at which point the divine powers of the world and many gods and religions are released back into the world, according to this article. I hope that didn't spoil too much for you guys there, but that's what's written here um, for on, on PCGamesIn.com. Lots of stuff, man. Check out the trailer. Check out the article on PCGamesIn.com. They got the details of the Fall of Oriath expansion. The timetable is looking like June, July of this year where everything will be released. I think they said on their website that the beta is expected to be late April and May. But the Legacy League is going to be coming as soon as March. So, wow. Wow. Path of Exile, man. Exciting news. If you want to get back into it, now's a great time. And for our final story, we will talk about Valve and Valve is going to be getting rid of getting rid of their Steam Greenlight program uh, that you may or may not know about. It's an it's an initiative to allow indie developers and any developer to pitch their game and users vote on it. And if they want to see it on Steam, Valve will put it on the store. This system had a lot of issues, a lot of problems. Uh, you may remember there was a lot of trolls. People used to put all kinds of games on there uh, and got them greenlit. 
on Steam. But Valve is essentially getting out of the way is what they're saying in this article. And Steam Direct is going to basically mimic the uh, iTunes App Store and the Google Play Store. They're going to allow developers to essentially fill out an application, pay a simple fee, and if the game runs and has some content, it'll be allowed on Steam. And uh, Valve is talking about uh, accepting a range of $200 to $5,000 per game submission. Uh, hasn't been decided what exactly that fee is going to be. Um, and they're, they're also going to do very basic checks. So they're essentially getting out of the way. And as, again, this reminds me a lot of the app stores, uh, as this article on VentureBeat.com checks, uh, uh, VentureBeat actually points out as well. So again, there was a lot of problems with Greenlight, but, uh, I don't think this is going to completely solve all the problems that Greenlight had. Cause I think people, if, even if the fee is substantial, because there was a hundred dollar fee in Greenlight, which went to charity. Uh, even if the fee is substantial, like even a thousand dollars, I really think that it's still going to be some problems with this that are going to stem uh, from that, uh, from that situation where anybody can do anything if they have the money. Um, it's going to it's going to deter some people. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to, you know, not going to do anything. It is going to deter some people. And honestly, I don't have a solution better than this. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are some smarter people out there that do. But uh, uh, we're going to see more applications and more. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more games on here. J same way we see them on the iTunes App Store and on the Google Play Store for mobile games. Uh, and there's a quote in here. Um, Valve says that they want to they want to get. Here's a quote here. It says by getting out of the way which was a theme that Valve touched on repeatedly during our conversation, the company stepping back and treating this PC gaming portal much like a much more open market. And they, when the consumers will end up choosing the winners and losers instead of valve, we want to have happy customers. And we do that by having as much of the content on steam that the customers are interested in. This is coming by way of steam engineer, Alden Null. It's really all about building a system where good content will naturally rise to the top. And one of the things that this article points out and I agree with is that a lot of times the featured apps on the, on the Google play store and the iTunes app store, the featured apps usually are the ones that get the, 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 the really, really good uh, exposure. And they really get a lot of, uh, a lot of downloads. Um, but what about those unknown indie apps? You know, do we still have those stories like flappy bird? <clears throat> like Flappy Bird, which kind of came out of nowhere and uh, on, on the iTunes app store and, and the Google Play store where it just took the took the world by storm. Um, I think a lot of what we're seeing now is like Nintendo games. You know, they get featured big giant banner. Here's Super Mario Run. Here's Fire Emblem Heroes. And they get millions and millions of downloads. I mean, are, are people gonna have to pay Valve to get their stuff promoted? But according to this article, Valve isn't going to do that. The company claims that it's going to be using its Discovery 2.0 features. Um, they claim that despite having more games than ever on Steam, key metrics like the time people spend playing games and the number of games that they make more than 200,000 in the first three months are on the rise, according to Discovery 2.0, their new Discovery feature. So they're relying on this for the good games to rise to the top. And kind of like the bad games to stay where they need to be. <clears throat> but a lot of that is subjective, as they point out. Um, what's crap to you may be gold to somebody else. So 
It's gonna it's gonna depend on a lot of a lot of different things. But I'm and I'm, it's kind of a bittersweet moment. I'm I'm kind of glad to see green light go away because I don't really think it worked. Uh, I I think everybody, most everybody, can agree that green light was not the ideal way to go. Steam Direct is like Greenlight 2.0 or 3.0 if you think about it. Is it going to be any better? I, I applaud Valve for even trying and I applaud Valve for centering around the users. Some people may complain that Valve needs to do more, but oftentimes we hear the opposite about companies. Oftentimes we hear that, you know, you shouldn't have that much control over that, that amount of, you know, those amount of games and that amount of money. You should give the control to the users. I think Valve is attempting to do that. Now, whether they do that the right or wrong way remains to be seen. But I applaud that they're actually trying and they're trying to keep the user at the center of it. I don't think it's a fact. I don't think it's a, a, a matter of laziness. I don't think it's a, a monetary thing. I think it's a user trust thing. And I, I like to I like to think that Valve is trying to do the right thing here. They have a Valve has a reputation of having good intentions and executing extremely poorly which I, I have a suspicion that that may be happening here. Um, the initial rule set and initial way they're doing it, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out perfectly, but hopefully they'll be able to iterate and hopefully they'll be able to make it better each time. And they're making an effort so we can applaud that, but we still need to criticize them. We still need to provide, provide feedback on the things that are broken so that they know. And I think they took that to heart when we, when we criticized Greenlight. And that's why we have this new thing called Steam Direct. Check it out, guys. RichardBeat.com to get the details. Steam Greenlight is dead. Valve introduces Steam Direct. And that concludes episode 115 of Game Chat with Bone. I want to thank everybody for listening today. Please follow the stream, my live stream, at twitch.tv slash Bona. I always say follow the stream because I say that line all the time when I'm live and I, I stream a lot. So I always say follow the stream. It's like a habit. But please follow the show, I should say, uh, at youtube.com slash and also at soundcloud.com slash TV. YouTube is where I put the video format and soundcloud.com is where you can download the MP3 if you want to have that in a portable format. I am going to be looking at moving off of SoundCloud. Um, I think not moving off of it, but trying to find a, a means to get this show onto the podcasting directories, uh, such as the iTunes app store and, you know, Google play, uh, and jets programs and just to make things a little bit easier for people who want to listen to this on their mobile devices or any podcasting applications soundcloud is very unfriendly for that um a lot of the things are broken and i'm looking at ways to to kind of expand that i i do like soundcloud's way of listening and ingesting uh audio you know from the web and from social media is probably one of the best ways to embed stuff i love it it's just like incorporating everything but in terms of podcasting ingestion and podcast applications, I don't think SoundCloud is the best solution. So I got to look at something else. So we're going to be looking at a, another, probably another service uh, really soon on top of SoundCloud. We're not going to get rid of it, but we're going to augment it with something else to make you guys, you know, be able to ingest this on your podcasting applications. So that'd be cool. Um, also follow me on my Twitch, uh, Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash one where we stream all the time. Uh, we've been very, very late night lately. So if you're if you're in the EU or Australian region, even uh, the Asian, <laughs> the uh, Asian region, C, I like to call it, um, Southeast Asian region, uh, it's um, you might find me at your normal hours because I've been streaming like three, four a.m. <laughs> my time, easy, 
But uh, check me out over there. All right, guys, that concludes episode 115 of Game Chat with Buona. I'll see you all next time. Everybody have a great day. Bye-bye.